is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Giselle Soleil Ion, currently playing Jenna on the Waitress National Tour. We cover a little bit of everything from her life, beginning with entertainment dreams through current day and lessons learned. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Giselle Soleil Ion. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Giselle Soleil Ion. Giselle, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Clayton. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations, Jenna. This is so exciting. I missed you by two years. (laughs) (laughs) A short two years. A very short, I've forgotten most of it, two years. You're currently playing Jenna on Waitress, the national tour, a tour I was a part of two years ago. We're going to talk about that and so much more. But before we do, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for Giselle. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Um, Well, actually, I didn't necessarily have um, dreams of entertaining until probably high school. I sang all the time. I was in choirs my whole life, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, And my family is a musical family. And so I had music and entertaining and performing in my family and in my life. But it was always just like, this is fun. I, I don't necessarily like have dreams of it until like high school. I started watching Tony Awards and stuff like that. And I'd, mm. you know, be like, oh, I, I want to be up there. Yeah. Um, but but even through high school, it was I'm going to be smart and I'm going to do something, go into an industry that's going to be guaranteed and, you know, job security and, you know, you know, steady income, stuff like that. And so it wasn't until two years into college that I, I decided to pursue it as a career, but I always had a very deep love. I, I love the the line from Mama Mia. Um, Mama said I was a dancer before I could walk. She said I began to sing long before I could talk like that. I, I really resonate with that, that those lines in that song. Sure. Um, because it's very, very true. I, I, I started running before I could walk really. <laughs> um, but, but always, always singing and just, um, always loving to perform, but not considering it something that I could even do, um, or as like a passion that I couldn't live without until like probably mid college years. Do you remember the specific defining moment when you were like, this is what I'm going to do? Was it one moment? So there's, so there's, Yes. Yes. Um, when I was in college at my first university, I went to Cal State Northridge and I was there for speech pathology. I was going to be a speech therapist is what I was decided that that's what I was going to do. Okay. Um, and uh, I had auditioned the second semester of my freshman year. I auditioned for the Heights and I, I got cast as Daniela. Um, and the director for that show became a good friend and mentor. Uh, and then the next semester, first semester of, of sophomore year, mm. I uh, did Edges with the same director. And sometime in that um, semester, I had a my second advisement meeting with the advisor for speech pathology. Mm. And he, I had come out crying from that meeting. And it was the second time I'd had a meeting with him. It was the second time that he made me cry coming out of the meeting. Cause he would talk about how stressful it was going to be and how you, 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 you don't have time for extracurriculars and you'll be under a dark cloud of anxiety for the next four years. And you won't step under it until you graduate and you can't do this and you can't do that. And you're going to be like, you're going to have to live like a nun, like all, all of these, some of these things I'm quoting directly. And I went to my uh, friend and mentor Carrie and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this. Like it's, 
it's something I'm only doing because it makes sense. And, you know, there's, there's lots of jobs and, you know, whatever, but I don't know, but I don't have the confidence that I can make it in the industry doing this thing that I love. Mm. And she told me, I, I have, I can count on one hand the people I've told should be doing this and you are one of them. And I like burst in tears. I was just crying in this, in her office with her. And, and she was like, what is your major again? Deaf studies? Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand why you're not doing this. And it was there. And then that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like she is somebody who has, she, she knows the, she understands the industry and the, 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 the market of people in the industry. And she's also seen me and what I can do. And she believes that, that I can. So up until that point, I didn't have someone who understood the industry, who, who put that faith in me and who, who said that they think I could do it. Right. My parents don't understand the industry. They're like, she can sing. She's not bad, but we don't, you know, there are a lot of people that are good, you know, like they don't get, they they don't get the industry. So it was that moment where she was like, if you're going to do this, you need to transfer schools because this school does not have a program. um, And you need to, you need to go and do this. And, And so it was, it was, first semester of my sophomore year. Um, and, and I will forever, she will be the first person I think if I ever were to give a Tony speech. When, when, first person. <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> we're going to speak it now. That's incredible. <laughs> was up to that point in time, just, was it like a doubt or fear surrounding performing or just literally wasn't, you were like, that's not a viable path path for me. Yeah. It was literally that my parents had raised me to be rational. And I was like, look, I like buying shoes and buying shoes requires money and money requires a steady job. So, so find a steady job, you know, and, and, and speech pathology, um, is such a, it's, it's a job that can't be taken away. Um, that it's a job that's needed. Uh, not a lot of people go into that. Um, and it was also using, I had a a passion for, uh, American sign language and I could integrate that. So there were like, these are the reasons why this is a, you know, a good option. Um, and it was just me being smart and rational and thinking with my head. It was me thinking with my head and not my heart. Um, and it wasn't until that advisor was like, you need to cut out extracurricular because you have to focus on this because you have to, um, that I, I, I had to think to myself like, okay, is this theater thing, is this performing thing a hobby or is this a passion that I feel like I couldn't go without three for three years? Mm-hmm. And that was that, that one of the main questions for me. And I, I, the answer was, I know I cannot live without it for three years. Um, and that, that was a yeah. sign for me. Um, so, so yeah, up until then it was just, I had fun doing it and I was a big fish in a small pond. So like I was cast in leads in high school and middle school. Um, and and that I also at that age, at a young age, I understood that I, I was a big fish in a small pond. Mm. And so I was not going to just leap into the world thinking that that was going to continue being the case. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, you know, I was like, there's, I, I'm no Sutton Foster and I know this and I know that. And, and, you know, so what makes me think that I could, could compete um, really was, was the, the narrative in my head, but I, I knew I loved it. I just was like, it's not smart. It was what I thought. Right. You just brought up a really good point about thinking with your head versus thinking with your heart, <laughs> which spoke very loudly to me. Has it gotten easier to think with your heart and follow your path? Your true destiny, I guess, is a really deep way of saying it since pursuing, you know, entertainment performing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, with each new contract that I've gotten and with each 
just passing year, I sit more, more and more in like, I was born to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I was put on this earth to do this. This is my purpose. And, and so while that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy and I'm not ever going to second guess, um, I, I definitely, um, have found it easier to continue to now I use I still use my head I'm very much <laughs> yeah, a <we're>, rational person <laughs> let's 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 put that in <laughs> yeah yes I still very very much use my head and sometimes it is a battle um between head and heart mm-hmm. um but now it is much easier to um to let my heart win with a little bit of compromise from my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, ex- ex- very well said because yes, obviously you have to use your brain, <laughs> but in life, you know, you get into these positions or situations that are rather comfortable and it requires a little risk and a, a jump, a leap of faith to do something else and know that you're going to end up, you know, land on your feet. So. Yeah. I think about the movie, um, Mulan 2. I don't know if you've ever seen Mulan 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, have, I have a weird niche passion for Disney sequels that no one knows about. Um, but uh, she, she keeps telling the princesses in that movie that your duty is to your heart because they, yeah. you know, anyway, I, I just, yeah. I, I love that line as well. Yeah. Disney, Disney hits it in so many great ways. We, we could, we could talk about that too. Huge, huge, huge Disney fan. So. <laughs> um, uh, what did your, what did your parents teach you about work ethic? Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm half black and half Mexican. Um, my dad is my Mexican side and he was born and raised in Mexico. So he's an immigrant. I'm first generation on that side. And so he has a very specific way of thinking about work ethic and stuff like that. But he Mm. also, um, but at at the same time, because of the struggles that he went through, he started, you know, working a job at 12 to support his, to help support his family, stuff like that. Mm. Um, he had to just work really hard throughout his life. Um, he wanted his, I have one younger brother. He wanted his kids to be hardworking. He also didn't want us to struggle needlessly. So he had this kind of balance of nothing comes for free. You have to work for it but also I'm going to be here for you and support you. And you don't have to struggle for no reason um, because he didn't want us to struggle like he did. Um, You know, focus on school. You know, we won't make you get a job through school because we can handle it and we want you to focus things like that. Sure. So there was definitely a value placed on nothing comes for free and you, you need to work hard for what you want. Um, And and I, I don't really know exactly how they ended up implementing that, but I got the lesson. I got it. <laughs> it Clearly. worked out. And, and yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I think it's, you know, I'm going to say, I think it started with like just grades in school and having yeah. that be kind of a, a, a lesson that would end up translating when getting out of school, but like, hmm. you know, making sure that you have good grades. We're not going to be mad at you if you don't have all A's. But if the reason you don't don't have an A is because you're not working hard, that's not okay. If you have a B because you've tried your darndest and you've done everything you could and you've done lessons and you've you know studied and you've gone to tutoring and you've done this, we're gonna be happy because you were you tried your best and you did everything you could and this is this is your best. Mm. Um, and so I think that being like a, a a student like that has has translated just in in life afterwards. Um, 
but yeah, they, they're, they're two things that they wanted their, or there are three things that they wanted their child to be hmm. was hardworking, independent, and kind. Those were the three main things that they, they wanted to instill in us and leave, leave with us. Well, you make my job very easy because my next question is what did your parents teach you about kindness? Oh, uh, um, yeah, this is, this is mostly my mom's side because my dad is not very social. Um, and so he's just, this is not like his thing, but my mom, um, it was funny because when I was born, she, she thought I was a really beautiful baby. What mother doesn't. And, and she looked at me and she thought, oh, she's pretty Lord, let her be kind. <laughs> she was like, I don't care if my daughter is pretty. I, and if she is, I hope she's not a bitch. I don't know if I can say that. You can, on here, but... <laughs> you can. explicit content. She... It's okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. I cuss like a sailor. Um, good, you're good. <laughs> um, and so she, that was her main thing was like, when she noticed that I started to blossom into, may I say a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. she, that was her one worry was, you know, I don't want that to get to her head and, and that to affect how kind she is. Um, and so, but she would do things throughout my, my schooling years of, of learning how to, you know, friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if we had an event where I was on the dance team, uh, in high school. And, um, so, you know, junior year, we've got new, you know, freshmen or sophomore on the team, whatever. Um, and at the beginning of the year, we would do events to, to bond. And she would, you know, she would tell me, do you see that new girl over there? And she's sitting by herself, like go include her, invite her, bring her in, talk to her, things like that, Mm -hmm. where she would, it wasn't necessarily like so blatantly spoken, like, Hey, you need to be inclusive be inclusive, be inclusive, like mm. that kind of thing. Sure. It was, she, she almost showed through example um, of like, you know, notice the situation, here's what you do. And in wouldn't, how, how nice are they going to feel when you, you know, you include them and stuff like that. And now inclusivity is a very, very important thing to me. And, and that's, you know, partially because of, because of her. Um, so yeah, she, she just kindness above all was, was very, very important to her. It doesn't matter if you're, um, also in the industry too, you know, that's mm-hmm. when I got this role, it wasn't, okay, make sure you're doing your vocal lessons and make sure you're, you know, um, you're practicing and make sure this, it was, you need to be a leader. You need to be a leader and show by example of, of kindness. Nobody cares if you're talented, if you're going to be shitty to work with, right. If you're not going to be a joy to work with and, mm-hmm. um, and, so, so those things, she's those, that's, that's way far more important to her than, than most other things is just being kind. Hmm. Yeah. That's you are, you articulate it so well. And it's such a good point. I've been thinking about it more lately too. Just, you know, as you, as you just get older in life, you think about like these defining moments in time that affected you and who you are and how you behave. And a lot of them are surrounding actions, not so much words. Sometimes it's the word, yeah. a lot of it's action. Um, yeah. I had a yeah. phone call with my mother where I was thanking her because I, I love to reflect. Um, mm. I reflect often. Um, and it helps me uh, be more grateful because that's another thing that's super important to me mm. um, is practicing gratitude. But I was reflecting after announcing that I had got booked this um, and receiving so much love and support on, on social media, you know, through comments and things. Um, I was reflecting on like, I have a, this huge community of people that love and support me. And I, 
I couldn't have that if I weren't someone that they could love and support. And why am I that person? I'm that person because of my mother. Mm-hmm. And I had this phone call with her of, of thanking her. And I'm like, obviously I have a million things to thank you for and I will never stop thanking you for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm in this moment right now, I wanna take a moment to thank you because I, I have so many people who love me and, and that's because of the person who, that I am and the person that I am is because of you. Mm-hmm. And she like started crying and I started crying and it was just like, I'm so appreciative of, and she was like, oh, well, it's a lot of genetics. You're just natural. And I was like, you give yourself credit woman. I swear you're going to give yourself credit right now because it is not just genetics. It's partially genetics, but it's also nurture. It's nature and nurture. And, and you have nurtured me to be who I am. And I, I can't thank her enough. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.